2: 13 of the NFL season is in the books. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming off a disappointing loss to one of the worst teams in the NFL. And now they're dealing with several key injuries, one of which is their starting quarterback. Can they overcome these issues on a short week as they prepare for Thursday night football? And is Kenny Pickett the best option for the Steelers at quarterback going into 2024? We're going to get into all that and so much more today on The Fix. Thank you so much for stopping in. This is the Steelers Fix podcast brought to you by the Steel Curtain Network, powered by Fans First Sports. Here on The Fix, we talk all things Steelers with a focus on roster building and player development. My name is Andrew Wilbar. Typically, I am joined by the legendary Jeremy Betts. Unfortunately, Our schedules did not work together well this week. Our typical time that we would record, it just did not work out for the both of us. So last time this happened, Jeremy bailed me out. So I'm kind of paying back the debt that I owe him, and I'm going to do a solo show for you this week. However, we do have some special guests in the second half of the show, but it's probably not what you're expecting. So I'm looking really forward to this. I'm not going to spoil it for you because I want you to listen on into the second half of the show Make sure you wait. Hang on. You're going to be intrigued. You're going to enjoy it because it's going to correlate really well with the topic today as it pertains to the Steelers and really the whole NFL. So I'm looking forward to that. But we have a lot of things we need to get into before that. And I'm really disappointed Jeremy isn't here this week because there's a bunch to talk about in the world of college football. And those of you who listen into this show on a weekly basis, you know that we love to start off talking about the previous week of college football. We usually have our two-minute drills. I do my two-minute drill in the NFL draft. Jeremy does his in the world of fantasy football. And we talk a lot about the things that have transpired, not only in college football, but also as it could pertain to the NFL draft and players the Steelers could potentially go after in the draft. And looking at everything that happened this week with the Alabama Alabama coming out and beating Georgia, completely unexpected, at least from my perspective. I know Alabama has played much better as the season has gone on, but I just did not foresee that coming. And so many different things that happened, all the drama, leaving an undefeated team out of the playoffs. We've got to discuss some of this before we get into the topic of the show, and then we'll correlate it with some NFL draft prospects as it pertains to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Florida State left out entirely out of the college football playoff and there's a lot of discussion going on as to you know what should have been done. I understand why they left them out likely because of Jordan Travis's injury. But there's someone, I don't usually pay too much attention to what people say on social media. I don't spend much time on social media. Those of you who know, I'm not on X Twitter Twix as Jeremy calls it. I've I i do not do a bunch of social media. But I came across one comment through via somebody else. And it was off a post, I believe it was on Instagram, through the Sports Center account, ESPN Sports Center account. And it showed Jordan Travis's comment that he posted on Twitter, I believe. And here was his comment. I'd like to read it to you. Those of you who have not heard it, it's really devastating to hear. Just hearing the, the heartbreak that is within Jordan Travis and that Florida State uh, organization, it's just so sad to see after going undefeated, being left out of the playoff. And this is why... This is why expansion is needed and why we're going to get it next year most likely. So I want to give you his comment here. He just posted devastated, heartbroken, in so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0 and 0 in this roster matches up against any team in those top four rankings. I'm so sorry. Go Knowles. It's really sad when you think about it and looking at it from that perspective. If this would have happened earlier in the season, what could have happened with Florida State? If Florida State is undefeated, obviously they wouldn't have the style points in many of these games. Who knows what would have happened with Tate Rodemaker and uh, all their backup situation with him getting injured and. you bring in the their third stringer who had some issues in the game. Definitely was not one of uh, was not a performance that was fun to watch. Really on either side of the ball, uh, on either side, on either team's offense, either Louisville's or Florida State's. But when you look at what could have happened, what would have happened if he would have been injured earlier in the season? And someone gave an interesting perspective. I'm gonna give a shout out to Kevin Rollins. I have no who this idea who this person is, but if you're happening to listen to the show, Kevin. You have a really interesting take, and I this was just a comment on that post. He says, if you're going to leave a team out because their best player got hurt, then this player should get the Heisman. I never really thought about it in that light, but that makes a lot, a lot of sense. We've been talking about, you know, is it Jaden Daniels? Who should win the Heisman? If you're going to leave Florida State out, an undefeated team who ran over most of the teams that they played this season and were absolutely dominant when Jordan Travis was their quarterback— Do you that should be something that makes you think that Jordan Travis should be because they're quote unquote the most valuable player in college football? Because if you're going to leave an undefeated team out solely because he's not with them, that just shows the true value and all that he meant to the team. And obviously, Jordan Travis is stating that he believes it is obviously his team uh, is good across the board and that they should not have been left out. And I understand the argument he's making, but I believe that this is a stronger statement toward Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis should be deserving of the Heisman if we are going to look at it in the light of, hey, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs because of this injury. That's what makes college football a little tricky and a little bipolar to a lot of people because it's no longer about record, wins. I know it's not the same. You don't have the same playing field as the NFL and you know, similar schedules as it pertains to ease and strength of schedules. You have so many teams in college football. I understand why the committee kept them out of the playoff and partially for monetary purposes. Michigan-Florida State game without Jordan Travis more than likely would not be a fun game to watch. And I'm not saying that as a biased Michigan fan. I'm just stating fact that Florida State is not the team they were when Jordan Travis was there. But they do have one of the four best resumes in college football. They're an undefeated conference champion in a Power Five conference. So if, if they're not left out, I believe Jordan Travis should be back in the Heisman conversation. But all putting all of that aside... Alabama is now in. They played fantastic. Congratulations to them. But with four teams, especially this four-team playoff, I'm glad that we're getting rid of this dumb, stupid four-team format because there's no way to truly accurately gauge who are the four most deserving teams. We've talked about Florida State. Okay, they deserve to be in, but they're not going to be because they wouldn't even make a game of it without Jordan Travis. Georgia and Bama. Georgia may have had the better resume up until this game, but obviously Alabama beating them, if it one, only one team gets in, it has to be Alabama. And Texas, now you have to let Texas in because they beat Alabama, so you can't leave them out. They have the better resume. It's so tricky when it comes down to human opinion as opposed to fact and straight-up resume. That's what makes it difficult. It's what makes it a tricky situation. Florida State, I would hate to be a Florida State fan right now. I feel bad for that fan base. But congratulations to them on a great season. I don't think they're going anywhere. They have something that's sustainable there. Mike Norvell's building something. But I do want to get into a few draft prospects this week. We're not doing a straight two-minute drill, but I do want to give you a few guys who really stood out this week. we got to start off with Quinn Ewers. Fantastic game and an absolute blowout win over Oklahoma State. I know that Oklahoma State is not – it's not the best defense they've had in recent years, but I, I do believe Quinn Ewers, some of those throws were impressive. Throwing balls into tight windows and ma- just making simple decisions but being decisive in those simple decisions not overthinking it he was just being him and he had a great game we're going to discuss him as we get closer into the second half of the show because we're going to be discussing different quarterback options for the Steelers and all NFL teams in general Mike Sanders still had a huge game as well obviously won the MVP award for the Big Ten championship game Michigan could not have they they would have been able to win regardless because Iowa doesn't have any offense but Sanders still has boosted his draft stock incredibly we're talking about a guy who changed positions halfway into his career at Michigan they make the move he has totally transitioned become a great defensive back from Michigan has great instincts understands the wide receiver position understands the offensive skill positions because of his experience playing there and it, the transition has really been seamless. And seeing Mike Sanders still coming away with it, turnovers, it's been a huge aspect of his game and a huge aspect of the Michigan defense this year. His contributions, he's going to be a big part. Michigan's going to do well in this college football playoff. They're going to need good performances from Mike Sanders still. And if that happens, I think we got to be talking about Sanders still as a day two pick at this point. He has really boosted his stock. Jackson Powers Johnson, center from Oregon. He's been a fantastic run blocker all year, but this week you really saw him in pass protection against Washington. I don't believe Oregon surrendered one sack. I could be wrong about that. But I know that Jackson Powers Johnson did not allow any sacks in pass coverage, and he just played a sound game overall. The center class, there's several intriguing prospects. We've talked about Cedric Van Praan before. There's not one clear-cut guy at number two right now, but right now, Jackson Powers Johnson is my number two center in this class. He's not a bulldozer, but he has sneaky mobility. He's quick out of his stance, and he has enough power to move people in the run game. He's a good positional blocker. He's going to be good really in any scheme you put him in. I I like him in zone as a preferred to a power scheme. We'll see where he ends up landing. A guy whose stock is really boosting. I think he's going to be a day two pick. Kamani Vital, running back from Troy. We talked about guys that could potentially pair with Jalen Warren in the event that Najee Harris were to go somewhere or the Steelers were to just decide to move on from him. But five foot eight, two 215 pounds. He's a very compact runner. But this past week against Appalachian State, 26 carries, 233 yards, and 5 touchdowns. That gave him over 1,500 rushing yards on the season. I believe he averaged 5.7 yards per carry on the year, 14 touchdowns. And this was on like 280 carries. So this isn't a guy who's just a part-time running back. On 280 carries, being able to average nearly 6 yards a carry, that's impressive, especially coming from a guy from Troy. I like him. He's a poor man's Blake Corum. If you miss out on Blake Corum... Take a chance on Kamani Vital in the later rounds of this draft. I think he could be a solid pickup for a team. Tyrion Arnold, a guy who's probably going to be a first-round pick at this point, played really good in coverage against Georgia. They really couldn't get anything done on him. Six tackles, five solo, one pass defended, and he did have a half tackle for loss as well. He's supportive in the run game. He's just complete. He's not the flashiest defensive back we've ever seen come out of Alabama, but he is a guy that I am excited to see what is ahead for him at the next level. But Braden Fisk. Talk about a guy who has broken out over the past month. Coming into the month of November, Braden Fisk did not have any sacks. He has six now. He had three, three of which came this past week. Nine tackles, three sacks, four and a half tackles for loss against Louisville. But his build is intriguing because we've been talking about these defensive ends for the Steelers, Cameron Hayward, and all these guys that are in this mold—the six foot five, longer framed, right around that three hundred pound mark, a little bit above, a little bit under. Braden Fisk is a guy who kind of fits that mold. He's nearly six foot five, two hundred ninety-seven pounds. He is going to be a high riser. He's my highest riser from this past week. If he has good combine numbers, test well athletically, and I think he's going to. If you saw uh, any of that Florida State game, him closing in uh, on that sack to close out the game with about a minute and a half left to secure the win for Florida State. That was impressive closing speed. Seeing this guy, he has solid athleticism. You can move him around along the defensive line. He has some versatility. But six sacks, all of which have come since the beginning of November. I'm really intrigued to see how high Braden Fisk can rise. He's been a breakout player over the past month. Excited to see what's ahead for him. And don't forget about Jared Verse. Not necessarily quite as good as what a lot of people were expecting from him this year. But still two sacks, three tackles for loss this past week. Still a standout player. Could be a first-round pick. And Fabian Lovett. Really good run defender, had his first sack of the season this week, and also swatted down two passes. Very well aware player on the defensive line, experienced, and that's going to bode well for him as he makes that move to the next level. Interesting college football playoff semifinals, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas. Tell us who you want. Be sure to reach out to Jeremy on Twitter at TheBets93. I know he's not on here today, but if you could send him something this week, we'll try to get to that next week on the show and discuss a little bit more in depth these college football playoffs and what it could mean for NFL draft prospects and what players, Steelers fans should be paying close attention to in this college football playoff. We'll get into more of that next week. Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, two games that I cannot wait to see. New Year's Day cannot come soon enough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited for the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to correlate some special guests on the show with the topic of today's show. Is Kenny Pickett the guy for the Steelers in 2024 and beyond? Can he be trusted with his durability, with his ability? Do the Steelers stick with him going into next offseason? We're going to talk to some different NFL fans and get their perspective on their team's quarterback situations. We're going to try to paint a picture and see how it could affect the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2024 and beyond. You won't want to go anywhere. The Steelers fix will be right back after this.
0: I was about to give up when I saw you the I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal.
2: Andrew Wilbar riding solo today. Jeremy Betts should be back with me next week. But in his absence, we have some special guests today. Those of you who listen to our show faithfully know that I am currently a college student, and at college, you run into many different types of football fans from many different fan bases. So I thought it would be a neat idea to go around campus and get opinions from students that are fans of other NFL teams in efforts to accurately evaluate the options potentially on the table for the Steelers this spring specifically at the quarterback position. So the vast majority of these questions asked to these students that you're going to hear in just a moment, they're predicated on controversial quarterback situations around the NFL. By getting these perspectives, hopefully it will give us a potential scenario or scenarios to discuss as it pertains to this offseason and what it could mean for the Pittsburgh Steelers in general. And I've got to be honest, it was a true eye-opener to see how much some of these students really know about football. And not just the guys, the girls as well. Believe me, you would be amazed if you actually knew how much these students that you're about to hear actually know about football and how articulate they are when giving a description as well as an opinion on the current storyline surrounding their franchise. So without further ado, let's play for you the interactions I had with various students and fans in the first-ever edition of Fans First Sports Network Campus Takeover. All right, here with us today on the Steelers Fix is Dominic. Dominic, where are you from and what year are you in college? I'm
3: actually from the Chicagoland area. I am a senior in college.
2: So... I understand that you are a Bears fan, by the way. I'm going to assume that. Definitely. Definitely a Bears fan. So let me ask you. Topic of today's show is based on quarterbacks throughout the league and how it could potentially affect the Steelers and who could be available on the open market. Justin Fields, there's a lot of talk. Could he get traded? Will he remain with the team? What do you believe they should do with the quarterback situation this offseason?
3: I think it's a foolish decision for them to get rid of Fields. I think Fields has a lot of potential. I think he has a lot of strengths and I think it's foolish that they don't run, they don't run him enough. They just keep using screen pass after screen pass and I think they get, they ought to put him on the run game a lot more. We we saw in the in the the past seasons that he's already been in the league, we've continued to see different plays, different things that have been made. I specifically remember different times when he busted himself straight into the end zone because he that's just that's just his game. That's his running game. Right. And he, and the fact that the offense the offensive coordinator and others keep taking that away from him i think is a foolish thing
2: i agree 100 so marvin harrison jr if you guys do get that number one pick marvin harrison jr could you imagine marvin harrison jr dj moore with justin fields
3: as long as dj moore stays on the team i think that would be a perfect matchup
2: dj moore that fields connection it's been something pretty special so far thank you so much for your time all right i'm here with ben gleason ben tell the listeners where you're from what year you are in college
1: well, uh, I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana. I'm a sophomore in college, and I'm enjoying it pretty much so far.
2: Well, let me ask you this. You're a little bit of a Patriots fan. You follow the Patriots fairly closely, so let me ask you, as it pertains to the quarterback situation, it's been rough this year. Mac Jones has not been able to move the ball, not been able to push the ball down the field. What do you think they should do this offseason?
1: Uh, Drake may could be a good fit in the draft, but uh, at this point, anything would be better than what we have right now. I'd even take Mason Rudolph at this point. I, I, well, are you
2: sure about it? Because, okay, I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers Half Steelers Nation would rejoice just to say that he is gone. Granted, he has won games at the NFL level. He's been a solid quarterback. That actually could be an intriguing fit. We'll see what happens. Ben, thank you so much for your time. All right, we have two more fans here. Let me ask you guys, where are you all from? What's your names? And what year are you in college?
1: I'm from Quincy, Illinois. My name's Angelina, and I'm a freshman. I'm from Petoskey, Michigan. My name's Jelena, and I'm a sophomore.
2: All right, well, it's great to have you both on the show this week. I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions as it pertains to the a couple teams in playoff contention moving forward. Let me ask you, Angelina, you're a Bills fan, I know. The Bills made a change at offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago. just wanted to ask what you think this change is going to do for the offense. Could this put them over the top? What is your opinion on that?
1: Ultimately, Josh Allen just needs to quit overthinking it and trust his gut. I mean, he has the talent. He just needs to trust his arm.
2: I honestly agree with that. My big concern is, though, how well can they run the ball moving down the stretch? But very good take. Let me ask you this. I see that you are from Michigan, so I understand how you're apparently a Lions fan. The Lions, they're playing really well on offense, but the schedule has been really weak. Do you think that they need to make any changes in the game plan moving forward?
1: I say if they ain't broke, don't fix it. If they can run the ball effectively, they will be tough to beat.
2: And they are going to be tough to beat if they can remain healthy and that ground game can continue to be effective. Thank you so much for your time. All right, we have an Eagles fan over here, man. Let me ask you real quick. Eagles having a really great season so far, but big matchup with the Cowboys this week. Just coming off a loss to the 49ers. Who do you truly believe is the biggest threat to the Eagles this year? Honestly, I'd have to say the Dallas Cowgirls. I mean, I know the 49ers just beat us, but it'll be hard for them to do it again, honestly. The bitterness never ceases to amaze in that rivalry. By the way, what was your name? Steven. And what year are you in college? I'm a freshman. Go Birds. All right, here with us today, we have Ashley and Abigail here. Ashley, let me start off with you. Uh, Just tell everyone what you are studying and what year you are in college.
1: So I'm a sophomore studying secretarial and graphics design. That's
2: fantastic. And what about you, Abigail?
1: I am a senior studying secondary education.
2: Fantastic. Great to have you all on the show. Just want to ask you guys a couple NFL questions as we come down the stretch this season. How confident are you, Ashley, that the Chiefs can make it back to the Super Bowl? It's a really difficult challenge. What do you think could be in their way?
1: Well, honestly, I just feel like Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice probably just need to emerge as reliable weapons because, honestly, if not, the offense may not be good enough.
2: They have been struggling to move the ball in recent weeks on offense. It's going to be interesting to see if they can figure things out. Abigail, let me ask you, what should the Giants do about their quarterback situation? Obviously, Daniel Jones has a really big contract. Uh, What is your opinion on what they should do this offseason?
1: I would say just be open to drafting one, but if the right one isn't there, they really shouldn't force it. Nobody's going to want to eat Daniel Jones' contract.
2: I do agree with that they're in a really difficult situation if you look at all the nfl teams they may be the worst quarterback situation right now so it'll be interesting to see what happens thank you all for your time all right mr seahawks fan got a question for you You got an interesting quarterback situation right now what do you think they need to do in 2024
1: um my opinion is that they should get rid of gino i don't really think that
2: he is capable to for a long-term situation i think that viable options are uh, mccarthy from a Michigan or a Pennix from Washington. And then after them, there's not a whole lot, but maybe a Knicks from Oregon. Interesting perspective. So you're more of the lines that they need to go after a quarterback in the draft. Would be interesting. They did look at quarterbacks this past year, so would be very interesting to see if they go that route. What What do you say your name was again? Uh, um, I'm Weston, and I'm from Dwight, Illinois. All right, here with us now is Jono. Jono, you are from Louisville, Kentucky, correct? That is correct, sir. And you are a sophomore? Uh, in Bible College, correct absolutely great to have you on today let me ask you real quick the Texans they need to do a lot to reach new heights in 2024 what is going to get them to that level CJ Stroud's playing great but what do they need to do is it as simply as you can I'd say invest in the trenches simply put here today with Chris Chris you're a Vikings fan just tell the listeners real quick where you're from and uh what year you are in college
1: so I'm a I'm from Milwaukee Uh, I'm a junior in college
2: well, okay, I have a quick question. You say you're from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How did you avoid the Packers conundrum and the Packers cheesehead mania? How did you, how do you avoid that?
1: Yeah, so it's really funny. Growing up, my dad, he is from Minnesota originally. My mom's from Chicago, and I never really liked any of the Wisconsin sports team, so I just went with my dad's team, and I've been a Vikings fan.
2: No, I'm just joking. Anyways, good to have you on today, Chris. Let me ask you a question about your quarterback situation because the topic of the show today is really about quarterback situations around the league in 2024 and how it could pertain to the Steelers. But as it pertains to the Vikings, what do you think they should do? Josh Dobbs had a rough week this this past week, but what do you believe they need to do going forward, going into 2024? What is your perspective on their quarterback situation?
1: Yeah, I really think it comes down to how they're going to close out this year. I think if Dobbs is able to pull it together, you know, it's still really new. It's kind of hard to tell how he's going to end up doing for the rest of the season. But if they, they're able to make it to the playoffs, make a good push, even if they don't go all the way, I think you got to sign him again. You don't know how long Cousins can be out next year. And I think it, it really, you need some consistency at the quarterback position. I think Dobbs really provides that for the Vikings.
2: Thank you so much for your time, Chris. I'm here today with Gage. Gage here is a Jets fan. Gage, let me ask you,
1: it's kind of a two-fold
2: question. Aaron Rodgers everything that happened with the injury this season obviously wasn't what you were expecting as a fan but what happens this upcoming season it do you believe he is a guy that can lead them on a Super Bowl run and two if you do believe he is that guy what do they need to put around him this upcoming offseason in order for that to happen
1: I definitely think that Aaron Rodgers is our guy. He can definitely get the job done. Uh, he's a very well well put together quarterback. Uh, I think what the Jets need to do this offseason is build an offensive line around him. The offensive line this year just makes a lot of mistakes, whether it's penalties bringing us back or giving up sacks in crucial moments. Uh, they just need to build something around Aaron Rodgers to give him the time that he needs.
2: Thank you so much for your time. Once again, a special thanks to all the students who participated in that segment of the show. I really want to use the opinion stated by those students and use it to help paint a mental picture as what this offseason could look like in the NFL. Because the topic of today's show is, what did the Steelers do at quarterback in 2024 and beyond? Is Kenny Pickett the guy, or are there better options out there? And the the big thing that this comes down to is... How many teams are looking to upgrade the quarterback position? There's going to be a lot this year. With all the injuries at quarterback, you have several quarterbacks getting older. You have some guys like Geno Smith that just that are on the fringe of being a starter, starter material, or at least consistent starter material. You don't know how truly dedicated those teams are going to be to them long term. With Kenny Pickett, we've talked a lot about his ability, and we can get into that, but I believe that's a totally separate topic at this point. One thing that not that many people are talking about as it pertains to his future with the Steelers is durability. Let's not forget, Kenny Pickett had two concussions as a rookie. He had rib injury versus the Jaguars earlier this year. And now this high right ankle sprain, this could keep him out until the end of this month. Uh, This is putting his ability, his upside, his long-term projection, all of that aside. Durability needs to be put in the equation when discussing Kenny Pickett and whether or not the Steelers should stick with him going into next offseason. Is he the guy? uh, That's a totally different topic because we also need to ask the question, can he be durable enough to be the guy long-term if he reaches his potential. That's a major concern. I mean, we're we're looking at a guy like Daniel Jones. I'm not trying to compare Kenny Pickett to Daniel Jones necessarily, but they have there are some things in their game that are relatively similar, and one of which is their durability, their their lack there, the lack thereof. When you look at a team like the Giants, a team that is indicated that they may be looking at going after a quarterback in the draft if the right one happens to come to them, they're, and they just paid Daniel Jones $40 million. So before the Steelers dedicate a bunch of their salary cap to Kenny Pickett, I know they're not at that point yet, not looking at a second contract yet, but this is the offseason that you've got to determine whether you're sticking with Kenny or you're making a change at quarterback. My gut tells me the Steelers are going to stick with Kenny as of right now, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion Especially if if he is able to come back before the season is done, if the Steelers make it into the playoffs, make any sort of playoff run, we'll see how well Kenny Pickett performs in this new look offense. But I believe the main reason why the Steelers fired Matt Kanda was to get a better read on Kenny Pickett and whether or not he is the guy. One weekend looked pretty solid. This week, obviously, the injury. Now what do you do? I'm I really hope that we see more of Kenny Pickett this season because we need to see as much as we can of him to accurately gauge whether or not he's the guy, but what about these durability concerns? It's a, it is a it is a major concern. And when you look at the free agents, let's look at the free agents first. We'll get back to the draft worthy quarterbacks in a minute. But looking at the free agents, it's not that appealing. You don't have a big name free agent on the open market. There is no Aaron Rodgers out there. Not that I want the Steelers to do that last offseason anyways, or I would ever want the Steelers to consider something like that, especially for the price tag that would come with. But when you look at Kirk Cousins, His injury status is unknown. Could he miss some time next season as well because of the extent of his injury? Uh, Even so, how much is he going to cost if he is fully healthy? Ryan Tannehill, uh, he struggled this year. But what's going to happen in Atlanta? Because that would make the most sense for a team that may not have to have an elite quarterback to win their division. They just need something better than what they have right now. And Ryan Tannehill could be that for him. The question is, will Arthur Smith still be there? This is all predicated on the fact that Arthur Smith is still the head coach of Atlanta at that point. If he's still there and Jonu Smith is still there, you have some continuity in the offense with a weapon. Obviously, the coach, someone who knows Ryan Tannehill, someone who's probably gotten the best out of Ryan Tannehill, out of any offensive coach coordinator that has ever worked with Ryan Tannehill. Arthur Smith has gotten the most out of him. And we're seeing now without him, Tannehill's struggling. Uh, and he's got, it came to the point where he was benched in favor of Will Levis. And... It, so many issues with Tannehill. now you get to the point okay he's getting older what what truly how far is ryan Tannehill truly going to take your team and if you're a team like the steelers i don't think he takes you any further than kenny pickett does and that is really it comes down to the same thing with kirk cousins kenny pickett where we've talked about his upside before his upside is kind of that of a kirk cousins except he has a little bit more of a clutch factor kirk cousins never seems to be able to win the big games kenny pickett seems to shine in the bigger moments So really, if Kirk Cousins was clutch, who knows how many championships the Vikings may have been able to win over the past seven, eight years. Maybe if Kenny Pickett is that guy, I mean, that's all Kenny Pickett would need to be to be great. Just a clutch Kirk Cousins, that would be fantastic. But he doesn't have quite the numbers that Kirk Cousins does. And I don't think Cousins would obviously be a huge upgrade from Kenny. Looking at Baker Mayfield. I think we've seen Baker Mayfield's upside. It's not that great, but he's going to get a starting job somewhere. But if you look at the amount of teams that need a quarterback, New England needs a quarterback. The Jets could be looking for a future quarterback in the drafts. They could be a team that could take a quarterback in the draft. I I would be leery about that if I was a Jets fan just because of everything that happened with Jordan Love and Green Bay. I don't foresee that happening, but I wouldn't rule it out entirely. But you have other teams. The Browns, what did they do? Deshaun Watson, injury, also hasn't played the greatest, but you're dedicated to him financially so you're kind of stuck at this point you have you have a lot of teams that are looking at quarterbacks denver should be good with russell wilson uh he's played better as of late but the raiders they're going to be in the quarterback market if you go to the nfc there's a lot of teams we just talked about atlanta Tampa Bay, if they don't bring Baker Mayfield back, they're in the conversation for a quarterback. You look at a team like the Rams, what do they do with Matthew Stafford? Could they be in the quarterback hunt? Carolina, do they stick with Bryce Young? I think you almost have to at this point. After how much you gave up to go and get him last year, you just got to hope that whoever you hire as your next coach can be the guy to get the most out of him. You have them as a team that they're looking at. I think the Packers are sticking with Jordan Love. But Minnesota, what do they do? We asked one of the Vikings fans just a couple minutes ago about Josh Dobbs and what they do there. Is Josh Dobbs a guy who can be a starter in the NFL for a long term? Steelers fans, you know him well. Do the Steelers bring back Josh Dobbs? That's another interesting topic. Would the Steelers bring back Josh Dobbs? But to compete with Kenny as the starter? I don't know what you do in that situation. Dobbs does not look the greatest this past week, but we have seen pretty good play from him uh, the past few weeks. And obviously a smarts in and of itself brings value to a quarterback room. Jameis Winston, he may get a job somewhere else. Teddy Bridgewater, I doubt it. Backup job somewhere. Tyrod Taylor, same thing. Jacoby Brissett. You have a bunch of these teams that could be looking for quarterbacks, but they're kind of stuck because there's only so many options. Free agency, if a team signs Kirk Cousins you're you may not have him for the full season for one and when you do have him how far is he going to take you i don't think he's an ideal fit for a team in the afc that's wanting that has a team put together that could win a super bowl if they just get an offensive coordinator and a quarterback and an offensive line the offensive line has started to play a little bit better the quarterback if he can be developed by a better offensive mind all the issues would really be solved as it pertains to the pittsburgh steelers but you have those as free agents that's the cream of the crop what do you do okay so we go let's say we go into the draft let's look at guys that could be potential options in the draft uh guys that are in the college football playoff let's start with them quinn ewers i think he's going to declare because he really at this point he has no choice his stock for one is not going to get any higher than what it is right now and with arch manning he's not going to be the starter next year regardless so you either have to transfer enter the draft so it's pretty much a no-brainer at this point for him to enter the draft I imagine with the numbers he's been able to put up, if he, unless they get completely flattened in the playoff, I think he's a surefire first-round pick just because of the vast need. Not necessarily based on just his talent, and he's a talented guy. He's He has the ability to, to win he games multiple ways with his feet. He can win it through the air. He's improved as a passer. Still some concerns in his game. We'll get into more of the specifics and the details when we get into the spring, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot, even as it pertains to the Steelers. Once the season is done, once we get into mid to late January, into February, when we discuss draft on a weekly basis, we'll get into more of these prospects specifically. But Ewers, a guy who could declare, I think he will declare. That's one option. Michael Penix Jr., I don't think he's a great option for the Steelers. I, I just am always leery about left-handed quarterbacks. But it's now or never for Penix. His stock is not going to rise higher than it is. He doesn't have really any other options on the college level to boost his stock. But who is he? hes I don't think he's Michael Vick. He's not as electric as Michael Vick. He's not as electric as Lamar on the ground. Is he a left-hand Jalen Hurts? I think that's what a lot of people are going to try to compare him to, just his overall skill set. And if you look at how he's developed, another guy who transferred, did better at his new school. Did better in a better offense, the offense that tailored to his strengths. And we saw what happened with Jalen Hurts. Although he did not go in the first round. He was a second-round pick. Where does Michael Penix go? With the season he's had, I think he's a first-round pick. Doesn't mean – I haven't done my quarterback grades yet. I'm still a little ways off on that. But I, so I can't guarantee I would give him a first-round grade at this point. But uh, I haven't dug into – I haven't really digged all into his tape. But with Michael Penix, he's another guy that's out there another let's say let's just say a team like the giants were to go after a michael Penix jr in that you know in, inside the top 10 of the draft you have that he's off the board obviously caleb williams is a guy that we'll get into in a second drake may not in the playoffs but the one other guy that's in the playoffs in the college football playoff is jj mccarthy there's talks that he could return but if jim harbaugh leaves for the nfl this brings up a very intriguing scenario and i i we would have liked to have get the, gotten the thoughts of the one college student who is a Bears fan and gotten his perspective on J.J. McCarthy because if Jim Harbaugh goes the Bears have the number one overall pick and they have another top five top seven pick in the draft because of the Carolina they'll have the number, potentially the number one pick would you take Marvin Harrison at one take J.J. McCarthy if you hire Jim Harbaugh as your head coach the guy that that is Jim's guy that he's helped develop and he's had his fingerprints on. He could continue to develop him. And that relationship could continue to grow in the NFL. Do you do that? Pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr. And then trade Justin Fields. with? I would. If you're a fan of a different NFL team out there, you can let us know. Would you give a first-round pick for Justin Fields? If I'm a Steelers fan, it would be tempting. Like, I don't know what you do with Kenny Pickett in that situation. But if Justin Fields becomes available, I would certainly be intrigued. We've seen what Justin Fields can do. He's just had some durability issues, and it hasn't necessarily been because of him running the ball. A lot of his injuries haven't come from, as from him as a runner. It's come from him having no offensive line and getting beat up badly. I like Justin Fields a lot, and I think that he could be the guy. Just to, he could continue to be the guy in Chicago. We'll see what they do about head coach. I don't think they stick with Eberflus. We'll see what happens there. Maybe you pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that would be a fine pairing. Pair him. You already have DJ Moore there. It would be an interesting offense, especially if they can add an extra offensive lineman to pair with uh, Darnell Wright, who's been fantastic his rookie season, a guy that we here on the Stewards Fix were incredibly high on. So with McCarthy, it's it is interesting because I, in a typical year, would not expect him to be a top 10, top 15 pick because he is immature. He has a lot of developing ahead of him. He doesn't have a whole lot of touch on short and intermediate passes. He needs to learn that. But the skill set is intriguing, and if he's fully healthy, he's going to be running that. He's going to be running a fast forty. I could see him running a sub four or five forty. He has that kind of speed. I know Gus Johnson. I believe even said on the broadcast a week or two ago that he has four four speed. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. But a guy that whose athleticism is going to draw a lot of attention, especially because of his arm strength, of how consistent he has been in throwing the football. And we saw both the Ohio State game and even this past week being able to throw the ball, fit the ball into tight windows when need be he's a guy who's risen so you got three quarterbacks there just in the college football playoff guys that could be first round picks and then you have bo guy who had a fantastic season i'm not a fan of him as an nfl quarterback i think he's just a good college quarterback guy is not going to make it the nfl level but i felt that way about justin herbert too and justin herbert's not having the greatest year obviously but he's a guy who is exceeded my expectations for him at the nfl Bo Nix is kind of the same thing, and I don't know if it's just Oregon, the Oregon brand or what, but I just don't see that clutch factor in Bo Nix enough to say that this guy should be a first-round pick. I think some team could gamble on him because of the numbers he's put up, because of the fact that he's a Heisman contender, because of what he accomplished this season for Oregon, what he meant to that Oregon team and their success, but it's it's really tricky. When, you, when you're just thinking about... Do I want to spend a first round pick on this guy in a typical year where there's not such a dire need around the league for quarterbacks? He's probably not going first round. I I don't. I I at this point I would have I would struggle just to give a second round grade to Bo Nix just because of his, his of his inconsistency throughout college, and this year, a lot of his production came against teams that were not so great. Washington, there they they were for the Pac-12 for a, a typical year in the Pac-12. It was solid, a solid schedule overall. Difficult based based upon comparing it to previous seasons, but with Bo Nix, I just I do not see him as an elite NFL quarterback. Not a guy that I would spend a first round pick on and dedicate my several years of my franchise to in his development. But Drake May, another guy. I think you can make an argument he should be above Caleb Williams just because Caleb Williams of his immaturity that's shown this year. The fact that he does have some durability concerns, Jeremy mentioned that I believe last week on the show, and just because of his frame, you're, there's going to be concerns that come up with that, and the fact that he's just not been as good as what people expected in the big games. He's He put up some decent numbers, especially early on in the season, but he just cooled off as time went on, didn't make the greatest decisions with the football, got a little reckless in his play style, and it cost USC some games. I, I really am not the biggest fan of Caleb Williams. Marvin Harrison Jr. is my number one player on the big board this year. Caleb Williams is not, barring something drastically changing, he will not be my number one player in this draft on the big board when it comes out. Be sure to check it out. Steel Curtain Network, Fans First Sports Net, Fans for Sports Network. will have all that covered for you coming up in the coming months. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. Mach 1.0 is just a couple weeks away, so make sure you check that out. I'm excited for that, but then you have so man williams they're going to go top 5 most definitely regardless of my opinion and jaden daniels if the steelers go after a guy in the draft all of these guys that we're talking about i'm not a fan of this quarterback class in general especially for what the steelers need there's depth but it's not really as top heavy as what i think people are saying it is jaden daniels is the one guy that i would consider he's he's still struggling with the one read problem he stays on his one read not great at going through progressions but he reminds me a lot of justin fields in college with his dual threat ability his accuracy has improved leaps and bounds from previous seasons he struggled last year at arizona state that was his worst collegiate season i was on board him The previous season, I thought he was going to be a first-round pick in last year's draft, but completely disappointed, flopped out. I'd written a – I'd done a film room on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com a couple years ago about him and his potential as a dual-threat quarterback, but he just did not pan out last year. But transferred to LSU, he just improved as the season went on, became decisive, grew in confidence, especially inside the pocket. Jaden Daniels is a guy that really developed this season, and I believe he has the heart and the drive – for that to continue, I believe when we're seeing guys like Anthony Richardson, not the same type of player, but still, we're seeing a lot of these guys that are electric on the ground. Not just they have mobility, but they're electric on the ground. You get a little bit more leeway as a passer, and we're starting to see some of these guys develop as a passer. Jalen Hurts has developed as a passer in the NFL. We just talked about Anthony Richardson. Within one year, Anthony Richardson actually developed into a decent passer. It's amazing. He was so inconsistent in college. We saw it him flash that potential at times but his accuracy was just all over the place but he really improved upon that and Shane Steichen it seems like that's going to be a great fit for him I'm excited to see what the Colts do next year moving forward uh, with Anthony Richardson that offense but so many options but how many of them are truly good options if I'm the Steelers Jane Daniels is a guy I have my eye on not the biggest McCarthy fan for the Steelers even though I am a Michigan fan I'm just not sold on him entirely yet the offensive line has played so well throughout the year he's had a great running game I just, he, his, his situation is very similar to what Jared Goff has in Detroit, and people are praising Jared Goff, and Goff has had a good year, but how much of it is truly him, and I'm, I'm concerned about that as it pertains to Jaden Daniels, but putting all of these potential first-round quarterbacks in a conversation with all the free agent quarterbacks, and then Kenny Pickett, what's the best option? If Justin Fields becomes available, if Daniel Jones becomes available, I'm not putting Daniel Jones in the equation. I don't want that price tag. I don't want anything to do with his contract. So even if he becomes available, I'm not considering him. Plus, I don't really see him as an upgrade from Kenny Pickett anyway. I'll just risk it with Kenny's durability concerns because Daniel Jones has the same problems. Kirk Cousins, same thing. We talked about all these free agent quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs would be intriguing, but not necessarily because he's a for sure upgrade. It's because of the... Contrast he gives through his knowledge, through his knowledge of the Steelers and his familiarity inside the offense already. I know it's going to be a different offensive system with a new offensive coordinator coming in this offseason, but still, there's familiarity within that organization inside the locker room. Josh Dobbs is a well respected player, and his price tag probably wouldn't be incredibly high, but a lot's going to depend on how well he plays throughout the remainder of the season. So when you look at all these guys, You have to ask the question, is Kenny Pickett the best option for the Steelers based upon all the options that are out there this offseason? And I think when you look at it, the Steelers, regardless of where you fall on the Kenny Pickett line, I've said before, wasn't the biggest fan of his coming out, but I thought he was going to be a solid NFL quarterback, and I still believe he can be a solid NFL quarterback. The durability scares me, though. But at this point, how many great options do you have, surefire options, unless you're going to trade up and take a chance on a Drake Mayor Caleb Williams, which I don't think is a complete slam dunk in the first place. There's nothing that's surefire. Jaden Daniels, okay, maybe he becomes Justin Fields, but that's like, it, I I would go after Justin Fields. I would pursue a trade for Justin Fields as opposed to Jaden Daniels because Fields is more developed. He's a little bit more prepared to actually come in and have immediate success than Daniels because Daniels is more raw and he's a very similar plays a very similar play style to Justin Fields. So even mm-hmm. though I'm intrigued by Daniels in the draft, I don't see him as the greatest option for the Steelers because if you can get him with the same draft pick that you would be able to use on Jaden Daniels. Why not just take the guy who's already more developed? That's in the event that Justin Fields becomes available, and I don't know that he will. All of that to say, the the options in the draft. Not super impressed by. And if if unless something pops up throughout the draft process, unless you take a flyer on someone in the middle rounds and hope that he develops, and maybe a high ups a guy. I saw a mock draft the other day that had Joe Milton going to the Steelers in the middle rounds. I have, I have too many bad memories of Joe Milton from Michigan, so I'm not necessarily on that train. But free agency, do you really want Baker Mayfield? I know Steelers fans don't want that. Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, there's no great options out there. So I think if you're the Steelers, just bringing this all to a close, I think you have to hope that you can develop Kenny Pickett with a new offensive coordinator. And unless something changes, and if something changes, believe me, we'll discuss it here on the Steelers Fix, and I'll be excited to hear Jeremy's perspective when he comes back. But I think when you look at all the options this offseason, Kenny Pickett may still be the best one. Not that he's necessarily a sure slam dunk option to be able to lead this team to new heights, but you've already invested a lot in him. You might as well just continue with that and hope that you can develop him further with a better offensive system, hopefully a better offensive line, and you can keep some of these weapons intact. Hopefully George Pickens can continue to develop as one of the league's brightest young stars, and you can make him the focal point of the offense, the running game, if it can continue to be more efficient as it has been in previous weeks, the offensive line continues to improve. Kenny Pickett can be a good quarterback, and I think we saw that the previous week against Cincinnati. We just need to see it more often, and we'll see how many games he's back for. Maybe we see him for two or three games at the end of the year. Regardless of whether the Steelers make it to the playoffs or not, Steelers have to make a decision on Kenny this offseason because if not, it's going to set them back even one year further. And they're going to waste the primes of guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and George Pickens if they don't get this right. The Steelers have to nail this. We'll see what they do with Kenny Pickett. But my opinion, as of right now, you may have to stick with Kenny Pickett. Not necessarily because the option of Kenny Pickett is the most appealing option in the world, but because all the other options... Aren't any better than what you're going to get with Kenny Pickett and what you've already put into him as it pertains to his investment in this organization. So I think you stick with Kenny Pickett, and that's where we're really going to bring this show to a close. I want to hear from you. Be sure to check out Jeremy at the Bet's ninety three. Be sure to check Fans First Sports out at Fans First SN. All these on X, Twitter, Twix, whatever you may call it. Be sure to follow Steel Curtain Network at Steel C Network. And be sure to check out our editorial side, fansforsportsnetwork.com, steelcurtainnetwork.com. I'll have my weekly AFC North News and Notes article coming out in the middle of this week, as well as the topic of today's show in article form. So you won't want to miss any of that. So much great content coming out each and every day at the Steel Curtain Network. We thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts. On wherever you're listening to this, you can catch any of these shows. Be sure to check out our YouTube shows as well. You would love jumping in the live chat. A lot of those take place in the evenings. Scobro Show, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, as most of you probably are, make sure you check out the Scobro Show tonight on YouTube. Jump in the live chat. Give them a like. Be sure to like us, rate us, on subscribe to us on all of these podcast platforms. We appreciate you, the listener, taking the time each and every week to listen to our show. Jeremy will be back with me next week when we discuss whatever we may be discussing after the Steelers hopefully win against the New England Patriots on Thursday Night Football. Take care, everyone. God bless.